0: This is Plan B, episode 19 for August 13th, 2013. Welcome to Plan B, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, contemplating the future and present of Bitcoin with insights for the novice, shop talk for the expert, and opinionated discussion for the interested observer of Bitcoin and related technologies. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is my co-host, Drew. Hello there, Drew. Whoa. Hello. (laughs) Whoa, you got weird and then backed (laughs) off. I like that. I like that. Drew, uh, this week, I'm sitting here in the uh, Pacific Northwest prepping, as it were, for my subpoena, because the Plan B show, I'm sure, will any day now. Have a letter sent from a New York regulator.
1: Maybe our name will will throw them off for at least a little while.
0: Right, they'll think we're they're gonna they'll think we're in the uh, other political camp uh, around the uh, birth issues, and we'll get we'll completely deflect all of the heat for a while.
1: I like. I'm to- sure that'll work.
0: Yeah, that's it. That you know what we'll that be was fine. That was the master plan all along, huh? Right. Yeah. We were man. We really think ahead. No, actually, this week. Uh, we threw out our original plan uh, and uh, decided we had to cover just we're going to focus the whole show on the absolutely insane week that Bitcoin had. Uh, everything from every important person in Bitcoin getting a subpoena by New York's financial regulator to Congress making movements to investigate Bitcoin being used for terrorism, Android security flaws and uh, electrum issues, as well as some great Bitcoin picks and some excellent feedback. And we a hell of a show this week, Drew. Oh yeah, hell of a show. Let's go. All right, so we'll start with some voicemails. Uh, we got a couple this week, and uh, they uh, called up one 352 That's our number. That's 1-352-58-PLAN-B. And uh, we have, we've been covering this topic for a few weeks now. I find it to be fascinating. Drew, we definitely like uh, sparked some interest around the whole inflation-deflation topic, didn't we?
1: Oh yeah, I got quite a bit of interest. That's like the most uh, to- the topic that we've gotten the most uh, feedback on, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'll play our first uh, voicemail. A little more thoughts on inflation.
2: It's, uh there is a massive contraction of the uh, of the economy, and um, people are not spending money as much. Prices are dropping. Prices are dropping universally, like they did in the depression. And when that happens, those people that have debt, they start to suffer massively. So, for example, I'm not selling as many computers, I'm not selling as many cars, I'm not making as many aircraft, I'm not uh, teaching as many tennis lessons, okay, i am bring in less income. Not only am I bringing in less income, but I have to lower the prices, maybe, to attract customers. So, if it was $50 a lesson now, I have to go down to $25 less. So... Overall, I'm bringing in less money, but guess what? My mortgage doesn't change. My uh, loans that I borrowed to, to to pay for my car, the loans for um, business loans, everything that I have to pay still has to be in those same dollars, and therefore, people start to go belly up. They, they can't pay back their loans, they default, and it becomes a serious money crunch all over. And then the bank starts to suffer and so on and so forth. So that's its hard to go along with it. Sorry
0: to talk you. Out. It's a little what hard, hard to understand. Bye. But what he is saying there is the people who get harmed the most uh, in an inflation environment are people who have debt. That seems pretty obvious, but it's an important aspect to uh, consider when you think of the fact that Bitcoin being deflationary uh, sort of reverses that situation.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, you know, that that, that that thing applies to the idea that, that we exist in a purely inflationary economy and all these contracts are drawn up during that time then we, we switch to a permanent or mostly permanent deflationary uh, monetary system so i mean it, it, it you know it, it makes sense but i don't think that if bitcoin existed on its own and, and you know was you know existed without any like, with us with us uh, having a system that we have like now with the u.s dollar and all you know all this stuff going on all this interest or all the uh i'm completely losing my train of thought <laughs> well uh, making that transition is gonna suck so yeah that, that, it, that would just, be a rough the transition, transition doesn't automatically negate the the, the, the value they can get from a deflationary currency you know the potential value they can get making that tr- transition would suck basically is what I'm trying to say
0: yeah uh, and um, it's it's sort of been interesting to sort of have two systems in place in parallel the Bitcoin system and the standard you know monetary system that everybody else is living in. Uh, and it, I, some of the things I've observed just during this process have been, have been enlightening, been educational for me, and our next caller, you know, he drives home the point that people try to save money in a deflationary environment.
2: Hey, guys. Uh, great show. In, in response to your deflationary, inflationary uh, discussion, um, people are more apt to save money in a deflationary environment because the money is worth more. So uh, if you save your money... Over time, it's going to be worth more. It'll, the, the purchasing power increases. And we're in an inflationary environment like we have right now. People are more apt to spend because if, if a product costs $10 today, if they don't buy it today, tomorrow it could cost $20. So like in hyperinflation, prices increase throughout the day. So people will spend in inflation and they save during deflation. Um, and that is Austrian Economics 101. Thank you, guys.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you. Good thoughts. Neither one of them left their name, though, or even an IRC handle. Uh, so, I don't know, maybe we've put this issue to bed now. I think we've covered a lot of the angles on it. But
1: yeah, it seemed, I think we have.
0: It seems, to be, it seems to be that people who are interested in Bitcoin are also very interested in these sort of these sort of discussions. Uh, we had a question that came in on uh, on uh, some mining hardware on, on maybe we have a Butterfly Labs 2.0 on our hands.
2: Hey guys, I was just calling to ask for your opinion on KNC miner. Do you think it's going to be another Butterfly Labs, and if not, do you think it'd be worth it to buy one now or should I wait? Thanks. Bye.
0: So KNC miner is—I think they're like a Switzerland company. Uh, They're—I think I can't—they're—they're—they're not—they're not based. Yeah, they, in the are, US. they are. Swiss. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think. Um, so this is one that has been really interesting. Like one of the things that was that stood out to me about uh, KNC miner is. When they first went live on their website, they didn't have, like, anything but prices. They didn't have pretty much any details. They didn't have, like, any kind of spec stuff. I was very, very skeptical early on, and um, and now their website does have a little more information. The only thing they have up there right now is a picture of their uh, Mars prototype unit, which they've actually said they're not even going to sell, the final version. However, uh, Coindesk did a great write-up on KNC Miner, uh, which is of, of interest. And one of the things they sort of draw attention to is that... They've been, uh, they've set up, KNC has set up a uh, partnership with ORSOC, who is a well-established chip manufacturer. They are essentially in this relationship, KNC Miner will be offering Bitcoin rigs that have been sold or that have been built in a large part by ORSOC. They will be designing the chip. They will be doing the engineering there. Um, even, even including the industrial design and testing of the product will be done by ORSOC and then KC Miner will sell it as a product with, you know, software or packaging or something. So they haven't shipped anything yet. They claim if you buy now, they'll ship in October. Who knows? It's tough to say out of all of them. This, it, it, so this, the, the, guy that runs it, the one of the guys behind it that runs it is a, uh, like a 14 year IT vet. So maybe he's got some experience with hardware, maybe he knows what he's doing a little bit, then you partner with a company who's established, who makes uh you know these types of products on a regular basis. Uh, maybe maybe you are talking about uh, a winning combination finally for this. I don't know though. It's when you're talking about the prices, they're talking like I think
1: uh it was 2 their... grand for a 100 gigahash. Giga yeah, right?
0: yeah, like yeah, exactly, like Mercury 1995.
1: Woo! And that's the, that's their lowest model, the 100 gigahash. So I mean, Wow. If all the stuff becomes readily available, I'd be very interested to see what, how the difficulty is going to jump once a lot of people can get their hands on it. But I mean, I, I was looking at uh, the, somebody on Bitcoin Talk uh, was, was selling some of the uh, ASIC miner blades and I was looking at those being, I'm just, I'm so tempted by getting hardware, but I don't know, man, like everybody's, you know, issues with Butterfly Labs and the difficulty it's just uh, hardware is
0: hardware. I just don't see how you can make money anymore with the way that these things are innovating. I mean, we're these like these ASICs are really still gen one, gen two products. Yeah. So it's, it's, you got guys right now, they're developing gen three, gen four, and they're getting these things smaller. They're getting, just like Intel has made the, you know, the smaller and smaller dies. That's what's going to happen here. These things are going to get smaller. They're going to use less power. They're going to be faster. going to fit more of them on the, on a, on a board. It, I mean, this is just the beginning. And anything you buy now, it's probably not going to last you more than half a year if you get something on the, like one of these things, 400 giga hashes or something.
1: Yeah. And I think the lowest one uses like 250 watts too for that 100 giga hash, which is still, you know, okay.
0: That's but, actually not too bad, I suppose. Yeah. That's
1: pretty good. But, uh, you know, relative to the, what, three watts or whatever, two watts for the, you yeah. my massive one giga hash uh, right. array back here, I got, <laughs> generally, like, <laughs> I don't even know what it is daily anymore. I go, I go to, uh, uh, you know, BTC you go look at it and like, wow, it's uh, it's uh, been at the uh, same first two decimal oh, yeah. points. I don't so really it's, think it's uh, changed.
0: That's odd. Uh, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I hope the price of Bitcoin goes up. So <laughs> they'll at least cost what I, you know, paid for and actually purchasing the Bitcoins to purchase them. But, you know, These, this
0: KNC miner could definitely uh, do with uh, like, uh, like they've put out a video that was horrible. Um, you know, they they demoed, they demoed their prototype unit and they talked about how once they showed a working prototype unit, then they'd start taking orders. But yet, the thing that they show, they're not actually going to sell, and it looks ridiculous. So, I don't the know. Whole,
1: the whole ASIC thing hasn't been going very well for any of these companies that are producing them, it seems, right? Butterfly Labs have all these issues. Uh, you know, Avalon has had you know some of their issues, and then you're talking about the video and the marketing issues with this. It's like, yeah. when are we going to see...
0: I mean, I think K- KNC, in that regard, because they're working with an established company who's made chips before, it's not like their first time... You know, to yeah, dance. That's, what it,
1: that's what it was for Butterfly Labs, right? Like they didn't have, they didn't well, outsource the design of these well, chips Well, yeah, to I mean, but Butterf- it so was
0: I mean, Butterfly Labs had made uh, had made mining boards before. You know, the F- FPGA boards, and right, right. So it wasn't their first time either, but I guess it was just their first time with ASICs. Maybe I, you know, it, it, you're right. It does seem to be a very hard thing to pull off, and I think I, I I attribute some of that to inexperience among these companies. I imagine if some company who really knew how to build components and chips, you think if they stepped in, maybe we'd have a different result.
1: We shall see. I bet this all will hopefully have itself cleared up within like a year or two, you know, yeah. then everything should be should be running along smoothly. And we'll talk about Gen, or two, gen 2 or Gen 3 multiple 100 gigahertz yeah. things that will be useless in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, all do it. All
0: right. Before we get to the discussion piece of the show, which is going to be the remainder of the show, because holy crap, uh, we were going to do it this week. We bumped it to next week. And now this gives you guys a chance to chime in. Uh, with some of your favorites. So we decided with all the heavy stuff going on with regulation and all the junk around Bitcoin, let's have a light episode, assuming the news headlines permit it, and uh, just talk about playing games with Bitcoin. Now, I think initially a lot of people think of gambling and dice games and stuff like that. And uh, we, those are totally fine. You can send those in. And we're also looking for all kinds of stuff outside of the normal you know, poker-type games. But again, if you got a really great poker game, Drew and I'd love to see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so send it into plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com or hit that contact link at the top of our website and then choose Plan B from the drop-down, and you can attach a little subject line that'll give us a heads-up so that way it grabs our attention. And uh, we'll feature those in next week's episode of Plan B. Even better, if you'd like to call and leave us a voicemail, although try to have good audio quality, leave us a voicemail, a voicemail at one 58 plan b B for bizzle. There you go. Or Bitcoin, I suppose. Uh, so Drew, uh, here I was scratching myself sitting here late last night thinking, oh man, I needed to switch off the internet and go to bed. But before I do that, maybe I'll just dip into my news stream and you know, I'll just see what's
1: up. Whoa. According to a source familiar with the matter, Benjamin Lawsky, New York's top banking regulator, sent subpoenas to 22
3: digital currency companies, including BitInstant and Dwala, to determine whether new regulations should be adopted to govern the emerging industry. What? <laughs>
0: That's what that's what I did last night when I heard that. I was like, Did you wake
1: you up? Did you jump out of bed? <laughs> yeah, I lost some
0: sleep over that. Yeah. So a New York State to investigate the wild west of the Bitcoin industry. An official told the Associated Press that twenty two subpoenas had been issued in all seeking information on such topics as what measures Bitcoin companies may have taken to prevent money laundering and what kind of consumer protections might be available for the Bitcoin investors. So uh this is this is a big deal because who these the twenty two that they sent to are kind of like the who's who right now. Um, in Bitcoin, I've got the uh, full list in our show notes, but uh, some of the names include BitInstant, uh, BitPay, Coinbase, Duwalla, uh Google Ventures, um, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, Winklevoss twins, you know, etc. A lot of people who've been getting into Bitcoin lately. Uh, and I gotta give a tip of the hat to friend of the show Kashmir Hill. She won the she won the best headline in my opinion. <laughs> Every important person in Bitcoin just got subpoenaed by New York's financial regulator. Here we go. Uh, In a letter, in a memo, I guess, that was attached uh, to uh, these subpoenas, uh, he said, We believe, for a number of reasons, putting in place appropriate regulatory safeguards for virtual currencies will be beneficial to the long-term strength of the virtual currency industry. Mm, He's just trying to protect the virtual currency industry. He said, uh, If virtual currencies remain a Wild West for narcotic traffickers and other criminals, there won't be... Only, they won't only threaten the country's national security, but also the very existence of this virtual currency industry as a legitimate business enterprise. This is the guy who heads up the New York Department of Financial Services, Benjamin Lewinsky. Or Lewanski? He's got law in his name. Lawsky is basically uh, his name. Yeah,
1: Sounds like a great guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so well, we got...
1: here, here we go you know, with all this crap. This is going to be...
0: And so it begins, right? And so this is really it. And, you know, they go on to say that it's used for child porn, it's used for terrorist activities. This, uh, what's crazy, is it's hard to really... So this is a story all in itself, right? This is happening in New York. These people are being contacted. At the same time, and to me, it seems impossible to separate the two, uh, Congress starts looking into Bitcoin by actually doing what Congress does best and appropriating funds. Um, This is... This, to me, is even a little more frightening because this is like putting money uh, behind, or what's the old saying, like um, uh, gunpowder behind the bullet or something like that? Uh, A Senate committee is pressing for federal regulators and law enforcement officials to explain how they plan to oversee Bitcoin and other virtual currencies as the issue gains increasing attention from government officials concerned about roles these markets play in the future. Now get this, the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee so, a Homeland Security and Government Affairs, Commit- Affairs Committee on Monday sent letters to several agencies requesting how they disclose virt- how they will be disclosing their virtual currency policies, how they plan to develop them, and how agencies are coordinating. And finally, what they will what they plan to do going forward. Get 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 ready for this, Drew. Are you ready? So, this oh. is actually from the appropriations bill that is uh, that is funding these departments to do work. Under the money laundering section of the bill, I have the PDF linked in the show notes for you guys. On page 45 of this PDF, it says, The committee understands that bitcoins and other forms of peer-to-peer digital currency are potential means for criminal, terrorists, or other illegal organizations and individuals to illegally launder and transfer money. News reports indicate that bitcoins may have been used to help finance or fight the activity of fugitives... The committee directs the FBI in consultation with the department and other federal agencies to provide briefings no later than 120 days after the enactment of this act on the nature and scale of the risk proposed by such errats, which is a German term for not as good as currency. Both in financing illegal enterprises and in undermining financial institutes, the briefing should describe the FBI's efforts in the context of a coordinated federal response to this challenge and identify staffing and other resources devoted to this effort.
1: So when did, when did, when did potential for criminal activity, when did this, when did this become, you know, such a big deal for, for potential. That's the thing that strikes me in in, in this par- in this paragraph here is they're talking about a potential. And and the other strange thing, they're talking about illegal enterprises and they, it's combined in the same sentence, illegal enterprises and an undermining financial institutions. What the hell does undermining a financial institution mean? Does that mean competition? Because that's sort of what it sounds like to me. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? And it's lumped in literally to the same sentence as criminal activity. So it, it seems to me like they're implying that undermining a financial institution by introducing competition or, you know, you know, uh, producing a better product, a better service or anything like that would be good. <laughs> sounds like me like it'd be classified as undermining a financial institution. Well, the two Very things. Very interesting language.
0: You know, that's interesting that you say that. Uh, and you're right. It does sound like the government's stepping in to prevent uh, competition with the banks in which they bail out. The other thing that caught my eye, and I even bolded it in the show notes, news reports indicate that Bitcoins may have been used to help finance the flight and activity of fugitives. Now, who do you May suppose, have been. who do you suppose they're talking about? There, help finance the flight and activity <laughs> of fugitives. <laughs> that's that's WikiLeaks. That's Snowden. That's Assange. Right. That's <laughs> and and it would, and that's who they're talking about because there has been efforts online to get money to these people via Bitcoin. Just recently, a fund was set up that is accepting bitcoins that is getting them to Snowden. Supposedly, uh, RT uh, on the twelfth, so yesterday, ran a story about. Uh, about this about this fund who's accepting bitcoins on Snowden's behalf, you gotta wonder if they see this as potentially. Oh, this I think is a big part of what sort of this was the wasp nest that we beat. Maybe a little too hard to really turn up the heat on Bitcoin. Like it was probably going to happen anyways. But the fact that we went and got all political and helped and are helping out WikiLeaks and Snowden with Bitcoin, I, I gotta imagine that was just a step too far,
1: right? Yeah, it, it probably put it on at least some of these guys' radar. So it it probably helped kick it a little bit further forward.
0: Yeah, it was like, well, we, here's the here's the finance reasons, and then we can claim it's it's uh, helping with laundering uh, and 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 child porn. So we got we can check those boxes, <gasps> and now they're helping terrorist fugitive Snowden. Oh my goodness, all the boxes are checked.
1: Perfect. Looks 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 like a slam dunk to me. <laughs> oh, so this, this uh-huh. all sucks, man. It makes me feel it makes me feel very pessimistic.
0: The uh, Journalist Source Protection Defense Fund, uh, JSPD for short, was set up on August 9th with the goal to provide legal as well as campaign aid to journalistic sources. Snowden, who is behind the biggest intelligence leak in the history of the U.S. National Security Agency, has been selected as the first source that will receive funding. Um, yeah, so they put it. What's interesting is this uh, for the appropriations funding. They're going to give money to the FBI. They're going to they're set up departments on it. They're going to actually hire personnel to chase this problem. And uh, they're doing it. What What is very concerning is the terminology they're using. This uh, I'm not, probably not saying it right, but uh, rats, It's E uh, Erastus. It's German. It's E R S A T Z. And this is in the official legal language in the bill. And if I, if you just put that into Google and you just say define it, it is, it is a uh, not real or genuine made or used substitute, typically an inferior one for something else. That's the definition. Like how the
1: dollar is a substitute for gold? Right. That's what we are talking about? Oh, yeah, that kind
0: of thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so the fact that they're using that sort of language shows that, I, in my opinion, this is already very heavily leaning.
1: And, and this administration is very intent on being very vague and about um, using words that can have... Different interpretations in terms of their definitions. So well, that's
0: just lawmakers in general, isn't it? It's,
1: well, yeah, but I'm seeing like uh, with all the stuff in the last couple of years, I'm seeing of a, 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 an in, increasing degree of vagueness. It's a new, yeah. oh, yeah. sure. it's all the new this, trend. Oh yeah, for sure, man, for sure. It's, it's very convenient. Like if you have all these rules, if you just make new rules that are incredibly vague, you can just completely bypass all of them. <laughs> Sounds like a great thing. So and also, this FBI thing looks like they're going to be getting uh, eight billion dollars for this and other activities. So just uh, oh good. Just, uh, you know, eight eight billion just for the uh, just for the year it looks like you know.
0: Wow, well, and the you know, of course, this will also increase all of the reasons we need to have uh, uh, internet surveillance, and uh, this. So the the practical result so far has been these subpoenas. Now these to these to these twenty two Bitcoin business people. Remember, these are subpoenas. These aren't indictments, right? These they're not.
1: Yeah, they're not criminal things. Right? Like these are subpoenas for, for more
0: information. They want to just kind of start talking to them about their practices and things like that. Um, now. Curiously, one of the folks um, not on the list, but yet being interviewed by it by Fox, was Expensify CEO uh, David Barrett. Now he actually comes out on the news networks quite a bit, and Expensify CEO David Barrett thinks that the government sniffing around Bitcoins actually going to be a really good thing.
4: So bad news for Bitcoin, or is it? It's days of glory could be ending. At least two dozen companies have been subpoenaed by New York's Department of Financial Services. Can't be a good thing. The whole Bitcoin business is currently unregulated, but the government is chomping at the bit to get in on that action. David Barrett is a Bitcoin bigwig. He's the CEO of Expensify. Nice to have you here. I don't know if the regulators are stepping in. If I'm running Bitcoin, I'm thinking, hey, I finally arrived. My business is the real deal because the government's finally taking notice.
0: I'm running Bitcoin.
1: refers to I'm legitimate because the government is looking at me.
0: You know what I like? You know what I like is how all of these people that talk about Bitcoin can't they can't wrap their head around the fact that Bitcoin isn't an entity, it's not a company, it's not a person. Like, to them, that is such a foreign concept. You Wait a minute, you mean this is, there isn't this person sitting at the top of this pyramid that is...
3: Wait, how does
4: this work exactly? Right? You know, there's yeah. some of that yeah, in there. I think,
3: yeah, I think that there's a, uh, a lot of positive out of this. In fact, I think that it's there's way more positive than there is negative.
4: All right, so... What then is, do I want to start with the positive or the negative? Well, let's talk about the negative because anytime you do have <laughs> well, a, start the a negative, subpoena, it does that. raise concerns, right? So what is the worst case scenario?
3: Well, I mean, the worst case scenario is that they find something and they resolve it. And so I think the negative is that it's good for the market. I mean, really, I think the negative might be any bad actor that's sort of in there and not complying with the law will be found and prosecuted or really probably just helped to sort of nudge in the right direction. So I think the negative is really still kind of positive for everyone else.
4: Do you think, though, that it is a situation of one bad apple and they're just going to, you know, clear the decks and move on so that Bitcoin can be a real, useful, practical online currency?
3: Well, I don't think it's really even about one bad apple. I mean, I think it's just about, so then why as it's described, the involved? Wild West. It's like we're kind of in the uh, sophistication of the banking industry when it was still the, the best idea to put money under your mattress. And so this is a new market. It's a brand new thing, and we're still building the whole infrastructure around Bitcoin. And so I think that regulation is just a very natural and healthy part of it. And I think that, and again, a subpoena doesn't necessarily signal any wrongdoing. It's not an accusation. It's certainly not being guilty. Okay, it's so just a they... request for information. And so
4: Explain so in exactly any sort what of, the federal uh, government is industry, looking
3: for processing this much money I think it's a reasonable for regulation to come in
4: explain what the federal government then is looking for why do they want to regulate at this point
3: well, it's like any sort of money transmission business. So, you know, I mean, Expensify, we do expense reports. We process millions of dollars in expense reports every day. And so we're very familiar with the law around uh, anti-money laundering, um, uh, money transmission, things like this. And it's, it's complicated stuff. And so yeah. there's this huge range of new startups <laughs> coming to this space uh, around the backdrop of Bitcoin. And it's just very complicated. And so I think the, and, and there's a lot of unanswered questions as well. And so I think the, the government is revol- or sort of uh, refining their own approach and really kind of clarifying uh, who the good and the bad are. And I think everyone has what, good intentions it's just sort of the rules are complicated maybe a bit fuzzy and so they're helping people comply.
4: So you, um, you organize expense reports if I understand this correctly. Many companies use Bitcoin so has it made your job your company you mentioned that makes things much more complicated it's the wild west so how has it changed your day to day business?
3: Oh sure, I would say that um, for us, we use Bitcoin for international expense report reimbursement, and so you know, inside a particular country, like United States, direct deposit works great, but. I like how she takes it. Bitcoin makes things more complicated. You know, just uh, we'll
0: just
1: throw that out there. That's fact. That's that's accepted fact. Yeah, thing. we'll start with the bad, and then we'll, what? What are the complicated? Why is it so hard?
0: Yeah, we'll start with the bad news, and then let's move to why it's complicated, and let's move to you know how it makes your business more difficult. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So so far, okay. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not smelling any agenda or anything. No. No.
3: But if you're moving money between countries, things like PayPal and so forth are really expensive. Bitcoin is just perfect for moving money around the world. And so I would say that uh, Bitcoin is really useful for a subset of our customers that reimburse international expense reports. Uh, it's certainly not the majority of our business whatsoever, but it's a growing part of the business. And is, so I think what, that international reimbursements a big deal.
4: What's the future of Bitcoin and what should investors know about it?
3: Well, I think the future of Bitcoin is uh, going to be uh the future of uh, kind of the the present day gold it's going to become a market where uh there's a series of investors that really want to sort of buy it track it put it in their portfolio and so forth There's also sometimes, and some people use gold as a currency, not so much in the first world, but elsewhere where they don't have good financial systems and banking sectors. And so I think the future is basically a a future of more formalized and uh, familiar uh, internet banking in the form of Bitcoin.
4: All right. Thanks for sharing your business strategy with us, David. Appreciate it.
3: His business strategy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, David.
0: (laughs) Thanks for coming on here doing a plug for Expensify and making Bitcoin look like it's only for doing international payments. See ya. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. So, you know, but maybe he could be right. Maybe this is just part of the process. It's a, it's a painful part of the process where we make Bitcoin mainstream. To me, what it seems like is this is the beginning of the effort to not necessarily squash Bitcoin because I think the, the government is, is maybe not, but I think they're smart enough to realize they can't make it go away forever, right?
1: Well, hopefully these old white guys have figured that out by, the, by this time.
0: <laughs> so I think instead what it is is to just make it subservient to the dollar. Make it subservient to the system.
1: Yeah, operate within the same system as the dollar so you can at least inhibit some of the capabilities that Bitcoin operate gives inside to over the system. currencies. Right,
0: yeah. And I, and I think that's kind of the end goal, which the unfortunate part is is it's still going to make the Expensify uh, guy a lot of money, the Winklevoss guys a lot of money, the Coinbase guys, the BitPay guys, the BitInstant guys, all the guys, Dwala, everybody who got CoinSale, everybody that got in a subpoena today, they're all going to make millions of dollars even if it's part of the system. But what we all will potentially lose out on, at least in the United States, and and hopefully the countries that are smarter than the United States won't suffer this fate, but at least in the United States, I think some of the social change that Bitcoin promises will be lost. It'll be muted in the U.S. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the Android security flaw. We need to get the uh, little PSA here. If you've generated a Bitcoin address on an Android wallet, uh, you probably need to uh, update that app and then generate a new address and move the coins over to it. A, uh, the secure random is a is a vulnerability in the overall Android operating system. It's a Java class that generates cryptographically strong random numbers. You know you're probably familiar with concepts like this. It's part mm-hmm. of part of how computers do this cr- this whole crypto. Uh, in order to remain secure, in random numbers used to generate private keys must be non-deterministic, meaning the output of the generator can't be rep- uh, predicted. However, <laughs> <laughs> these random numbers
1: are what? Not random? Is that correct? It's
0: not so random in this secure random Java class that Android uses. And so, uh, and actually, before the announcement was made, this uh, was uh, uh, pointed out by uh, the Genesis block 55 BTC were stolen a few hours uh, right before the announcement came out, according to a uh, discussion thread on the BitcoinTalk.org forums. They noticed it. And basically, what it, the reason was is an attacker was able. Uh, by by observing how secure random works, he was able to reuse some of the same numbers that were generated and like, figure out the address and take the money.
1: Right, because those numbers were used by somebody else unwittingly, and then this guy just goes to create new addresses. And the the seed that he's using for those addresses are the same that those other people used, right? Yeah. So he basically has the same address. Right. And the same private key as everybody else. So <laughs> you, say, you look at your account once you get the blockchain and all that. And, oh, look, I have 55 bitcoins in my account. As I just created this brand new address, wouldn't that be awesome?
0: Jeez, no kidding. That'd be magic. Uh, So uh, essentially on mobile, there's two types of wallets that you need to kind of think about. Uh, Those where the private keys are generated locally on the phone and those where the private key is generated by a cloud host. Android wallets where the key is generated on the device, such as the Bitcoin wallet app, Bitcoin spinner, uh, mycelium wallet, and even the blockchain.info app all generate locally.
1: And they use that use that specific uh, Java Java class yeah. for the Android platform. Now, Bitcoin. The first thing I, had, I thought about was MultiBit because that's the new you know Bitcoin Q two is not being pushed you know by bitcoin.org or whatever now. So the, when they said is it a, a vulnerability in a Java class or whatever, that's I, I first started thinking about MultiBit and addresses created with that. But since it appears to be a problem with. Uh, Android's implementation right. of of this java class. So, right. that, you know, if you generate an, if you generate an address on any other device that's not like an Android device that's using this kind of thing, then you're good. But And
0: I think like blockchain already updated and what they're doing now since they're on, it's Android's Linux box they're just they're just using dev random or dev u random uh, instead of using the built-in Android little uh, uh, system there. Uh, so update your uh, mobile app if you got it and then we have outlined um, the process you need to go through to even just updating the app is not enough. Uh, Once you update, you need to generate a new address with something that generates it from a secure random number generator. You need to transfer all existing Bitcoins to this new address. Don't send any Bitcoins from this address using an Android device until the updates are implemented. So keep that in mind if you haven't updated. Uh, And notify any users of your old address of the change, obviously, so that way the compromised address doesn't receive any more Bitcoins. It's a little bit of a process. Thanks, Android. Yeah, thanks thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And they kind of kind of fitting in the same sort of category as a hosted system. Uh, This uh, past week, Electrum ran into some issues. Uh, uh, It was uh, it was like uh, there. So, you know, one of the great things and one of the reasons I've recommended Electrum is because it avoids that whole downloading of the blockchain problem.
1: Exactly. Which I will never do again because I've done it like three or four times. Not going to happen again. It takes forever.
0: I was talking to a guy uh, just uh, just, you know, in, in actual real life. You know, sometimes I what? actually talk to people in real life, and he's like, "Yeah, I, I was trying to check out Bitcoin after I saw you did a show about it, and uh, I yeah, it was just downloading like a 13 gigabyte file forever."
1: Uh, that's
0: so okay. yeah, so I
1: said, whole- "I said, dude, dude, get Electrum." And well, that's strange that like Bitcoin.org isn't pushing that though, right? Cause like they're trying to get people to adopt it, but you got to download it. Like how, how big is the blockchain these days? Like eight gigs or something? Uh, no, crazy?
0: I think it's getting close to 13. Woo. Uh, but, so yeah, I mean, they're were
1: people to download that for every instance relative to when you can just, yeah, you know, yeah. have them use one of these other tools. It's or not, or you
0: no, you can can't do it. Like we've talked about on the show, if everybody's going to have to go to an Electrum like model eventually. Absolutely. And, and then those of us who are super crazy hardcore and <laughs> have terabytes of storage on their home network <laughs> can download the blockchain. <laughs> um, so, Electrum had some server outages.
1: Which, which basically ended, breaks it. Yeah. Guess, and it,
0: uh, did, what was it? Like, uh, Electrum clients essentially got stuck in the blockchain. They, the last yeah, time they got Yeah, they couldn't go the past update. a
1: certain block. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, uh, that would have been really confusing at first. Yeah. Okay. Here it is. Uh, no matter what server they connected to, they could not get past block 251526. Um, they tried deleting all of like you know the, the contents and uh, getting it to try to reseed and see if that did it. Nothing. Uh, the problem was on the Electrum server, and they had to make a little update and fix it. Um, this is going to happen, but it does sort of, it does sort of reinforce Bitcoin is really so awesome until we get to the wallet side of things, and then it's like Satoshi thought about every conceivable eventuality in the protocol. And in, the, and in the security aspect of it. But then at the wallet level, it's sort of just like totally half finished. Uh, we, this is where we're constantly running into vulnerabilities. Down the road, this is where malware will just ravish Windows users using Bitcoin. And oh, now yeah. you see when you have somebody who's coming along saying, hey, I got an idea. Let's redo a Bitcoin client and let's solve this blockchain download problem. And it's a really nice client, really nice functionality. And even though it has multiple servers distributed, it still ran into problems,
1: and the only way I, I can maybe see around that is is if if these servers that are um, serving the blockchain to like a client like Electrum to maybe have their you know their Bitcoin system like based on you know like a different implementation for the same protocol, same rules, but maybe a different implementation, different style of doing it. Maybe that's the only way you can get around it because you got a bunch of these servers, but all these servers have the same exact flaw. So I mean, if you're having your wallet, you know, based upon this this exact form of implementation, then I think we're going to be seeing problems like this in the f- again in the future, I'm sure. With at least, you know, maybe not Electrum, but something else.
0: It, it also underscores that concern that's been brought up on the show before where a lot of people are using Bitcoin QT uh, as their main wallet. And this also introduces a, a, a sort of vulnerability. It, it's sort of like if everyone on the web was using Firefox.
1: then Yeah, then you have one target.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I also strongly encourage that people look into Armory, people look into Electrum. Uh, because it it, it encourages uh, diversity in that ecosystem, but at the same time, um, how do you how, how do you how do you tell users to use something like Electrum when you have an outage like this? Because I'm if I was trying to get like say I go back to like you know one of my folks, my dad, somebody like that trying to get to use Bitcoin, and he tried to connect, and all of a sudden he couldn't make a purchase, or he wasn't seeing his funds that he just transferred. Uh, that would be an, that would be he would be done. He would he would not he would not even bother with it ever again. That'd be a deal yeah, breaker,
1: th- right? It'd probably be the case for a lot of people. I mean, that, that's that's the thing though. Like that we're talking about, like you know, the whole the whole Android issue with the generation of these of the keys, and then yeah, you know, we got this here. It's so like the, the issue with Electrum. I don't know, man. It's still growing. The the growing pains are seem to be most uh, prevalent in the uh, the wall area.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then and then on the other end, we have the business side that uh, is is. T- is taking us down the route of regulation and and systematic uh, integration that uh, uh, we really have no say over. And they're doing it, I believe, for their own pocketbooks. I know I've been harping on this, but the more I see what's going on, the more I think we're about to make a deal with the devil. And we're about to ruin something that could have been really great.
1: It seems like that, yeah, I know I'm getting, getting quite, quite pessimistic. Maybe Bitcoin will be, you know... Maybe Bitcoin will take the beating and then you know, and at least get tied to you know uh, these regulations and maybe the protocol will be changed slightly to at least accommodate to some regulations some degree. That's what I'm worried about. Degree. That's
0: what I'm worried about.
1: Yeah, but hopefully they can be the whipping boy and then I mean, I, I, if that happens and we have some other alt currencies that come about that kind of work around any of these 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 ways that uh, regulators are trying to impede you know Bitcoin's function in terms of you know, me, how it's supposed to work.
0: It seems equivalent to like say we lived in the telegraph age and the telephone comes along and we say yeah this telephone's great how can we make it more like the telegraph can we just use it to transmit notes i don't actually want to make a phone call <laughs> can we just use this to to make the telegraph better and that would and like it's like taking a technology and and shackling it to an old institution that is, seems like it's about to fall apart i mean eventually it seems like it's going to implode and where we are hitching our way into that Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe that's how you grow average consumer use, move Bitcoin into the milieu, you know, get everybody talking about it, you know, get Bitcoin on face because if, if Uncle Sam comes down and says, all right, well, you know we've gotten real serious and tough and're we're, we're saving Americans and their money, and we've, we've made sure that Bitcoin is compliant. And you all can just go ahead and use it now and maybe then you'd see Microsoft and Facebook and all these different companies maybe having Bitcoin funding as an option everybody starts seeing Bitcoin we start using Bitcoin more and more system implodes, economic meltdown we've all got bitcoins we just pick up where we left off and move on maybe maybe this will facilitate the replacement of the system accidentally
1: it, it, it maybe it'll go halfway to that I think I think if, if this if bitcoin gets co-opted you know to a significant degree and really you know Bogged down, then we probably we might see some other alt currencies that, that do similar things that aren't that you know won't quite, that won't quite go down with the ship with that. I don't know. It, it doesn't look good. Uh, well, That's true. Alt well, coins well, could save us. And because and, I mean, there's so much diversity there, and you really can't prevent that that kind of diversity from from developing in response to anything, any kind of what can be perceived as an attack against, you know, Bitcoin or whatever. So maybe they can develop something, but also these 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 rules will probably not apply to Bitcoin specifically. Maybe they'll they'll refer to it as Bitcoin, or yeah, maybe but, just yeah. virtual currencies, virtual right? Because then they can get a nice little blanket there. Yeah, I'm sure they would be very interested in not identifying a single point being Bitcoin, but all virtual currencies, including I agree. All, all I
0: point. thought it was actually interesting that in the congressional um uh, f- uh paper there in that in that document. I linked the PDF and on, on page 45 they actually come out on the first sentence and say the committee understands that bitcoins they actually say the word bitcoin mm-hmm. and then they say other forms of peer-to-peer digital currency so they are covering, they're making sure they're going after bitcoin <laughs> specifically to get those bastards it's like Napster all over again right it's like going after <laughs> Napster, we gotta shut those guys down we gotta shut that Napster down other file, other file sharing's bad too But we're gonna get those Napster bastards
1: yeah. it's kind
3: of
0: like the that again are,
1: the feds Lars Ulrich now
0: yeah um. It, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it seems like it, we're watching history repeat itself a little bit in that regard.
1: How, how do you think this stuff is going to manifest, though? Like, uh, how far do you think they're going to go? I, I, and what, what's the what's the greatest length that they would go that would hurt Bitcoin in terms of regulation? Do you think? I mean, is, are they just going to be trying to tax all the activity? Or are they going to be requiring institutions to? You got to take it out of it in, the hands I'm, of the
0: people. That's what you got to do. You got to institutionalize it. You got to make it. You got to make it so damn expensive. You got to make you got to really run you got to run that money transmitter angle of it to try to whittle out who can be involved with it uh even the mining of it is going to have to become more industrialized if it's going to become a commodity that's bought and sold and things like that it's going to have to have all of that bureaucracy all of that all those checks and balances that don't really need to exist for bitcoin that exist maybe for metals and things like that they're going to probably try to enforce all of that uh, and and maybe well. i think you know i think at the end of the day i mean if i was really so so i'm pessimistic right because i could see how if it was sanctioned and trusted, it could become a form of a. It could become at first the microtransaction currency of the internet, and then the actual currency of the internet. I could also see where moving bitcoins around flags you as a as a money transmitter or something like that, where the where it's so regulation riddle, riddled that yeah, you'd you want to avoid it. Right, you really just it becomes something you hold. The so chilling effect. The end result could be, it could be too that it becomes just like a like a metal where gold has really yeah. just been sort of. You know, people used to use gold shavings and silver as actual means of, of currency, but now it's really just something you hold. It's a commodity.
1: That, that That's an interesting point. So, like, all, all this activity could, you know, decrease anybody's will or desire to deal with the whole issues of transactions and... And, um, you know, all the money laundering prevention stuff. So, yeah, I could see I could see that just functioning specifically as like a commodity like this.
0: Yeah. Let the big companies use it for uh, money transmission between them. And, but the little people, they can hold it like like, uh, you know, oh, how, yeah,
1: make special rules for, for the big guys. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah.
0: Well, because they've paid millions into the systems and, and I'm sure they're auditing themselves all the time. And, you know, all that crap.
1: I'm feeling sad. What a bummer.
0: <sighs> Maybe, or, you know, could be totally wrong. Or what, what What if the, what if the, uh, what if the U.S. Uh, implodes on itself before all this happens, maybe? Maybe they'll subpoena these 20 companies, find nothing wrong out of 22 <laughs> companies, nothing to be concerned about, and then they'll say, gosh, no, all these Bitcoin guys are above board. They've all done real great jobs securing stuff. They're all making sure lo- money laundering isn't happening. We're happy. And they'll just walk away. That's a possibility, too.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's some conspiracy bacon right there, if I've ever smelled any. And you think about it, they're going to be
0: looking at 22 companies they're going to find something.
1: Oh, absolutely. And, and they're grasping for straws. If 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 the primary argument is is that this the bitcoin provides the potential for wrongdoing, which is there's just incredibly ridiculous for anything. And for that to be like a specific indictment of bitcoin itself or any kind of cryptocurrency like this, it's just stupid.
0: So, you know, I'm sure we're going to see next week an announcement that the uh the Congress is appropriating funds to look into the world's number one drug money uh US that dollar? would be the US dollar, yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, it has a potential for wrongdoing, but uh, for some reason they get a pass. I don't see any of this stuff, any any mention of the uh, U.S. dollar stuff in the uh, right. FBI yeah. thing.
2: Here. Hmm. hmm.
0: Well, I mean, you know, it's funny because when they're buying off uh, Sarkozy over in uh, over in Afghanistan, they weren't paying him off with bitcoins; they're paying him off with dollars. Oh, Just yeah. Just saying, uh, but I, I don't know. I'm. I, I guess what I, I guess overall, I'm sort of pessimistic. I think I think initially, best case scenario is this minimizes Bitcoin and makes it subservient to the system. I think that's best case short term. Long term maybe it'll get more people using Bitcoin and it can break away from the system at a later point.
1: Maybe. Or or something you know, or something like just like it will, you know, develop later on. But well, yeah, maybe, in the short term I'm I mean, pessimistic.
0: Maybe Bitcoin becomes a commodity. And we we sit on it and we try to get rich off of it and we don't really use it to buy goods because of all of the tax implications Implications there. I read a really good piece that says uh, the way they see it, there's not really a great way for Bitcoin taxes to work out either way. Either the company has to pay taxes on Bitcoin goods, which and they just pass the price on to you, or you as a consumer will have to pay some sort of tax, either capital gains or something else, and it's not going to be good there either. So there's... <laughs>
1: I think they would really like like the, the the second model that you talked about. You know, instead of having just just the like the goods and service providers, you know, pay taxes on it, ha- having individuals report the taxes on it for the addresses they use would be, I think, very beneficial for uh, any kind of data mining. So I, I would definitely think they'd go with that second model specifically.
0: Yeah, and uh, like Crossroads is mentioning down in Texas, sort of. It's been interesting to watch the series of events. So I, you know, we look back you had the Bitcoin foundation get in trouble in California. Okay. And then a couple of weeks after that, you had uh, that uh, Ponzi scheme down in Texas get busted and the judge ruled Bitcoin a currency. And then uh, shortly after that, you have the funds set up for journalism. And then you have all of these things break immediately. You have all of these people get subpoenas shortly after that. Um, The approach, this this appropriation bill, which has actually been under the work in in the works for a little while, comes out. Uh, It's pretty crazy. It's definitely the start of something big and we're just going to have to watch where it goes. I am, I think you and I are both a little pessimistic right now, but in I'm the short sh- term, I'm sure I'm sure going to be looking for, you know, signs that that it's not all doom and gloom.
1: Cause yeah. Well, sh- w- once these dinosaurs get, you know, stop ruling everybody, then then maybe we'll see something, you know, with similar revolutionary aspects uh, come back into the fray. But I think at least for the the short term, the time being, it's probably going to be getting worse.
0: I mean, the price since this news has broken has gone up.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know, man. Who I, I, I cannot tell what the hell is going on with the market at any point in time. <laughs> maybe, maybe you know, maybe maybe nobody's really concerned about it. But uh, if 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 nobody in the Bitcoin community that's buying these things is not concerned about this issue, I don't know, man. Yeah, uh,
0: and we've heard how even when even when companies are operating outside the U.S., policies inside the U.S. really screw them up. Like there's there's people who are just IP blocking U.S. customers now.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> For all this talk about uh, innovation and job creation, there sure seem to be intent on stifling certain businesses. What are you going to do? I don't know. It doesn't look good. No. Uh, all
0: right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, our Bitcoin pick. You had some good links this week, and it, it was perfect because uh, Jason in our subreddit wrote in, and he said, so I ran some numbers through mining dashboard over at mining.thegenesisblock.com, which is one of our picks this week, and saw that if the current difficulty trend continues, I'm not going to be recovering my initial investment. The coins will slow to a trickle in a year. I'll probably run them indefinitely just to help decentralize the network, though. I've also got five gigahash BFL on pre order in April. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the club. So, not exactly going to bring a whole lot of coin either. Overall, I advise against buying the first generation ASICs. They're tempting as they become more and more available. But when the next generation of chips rolls out, they'll only collect dust. It boggles my mind to think of what kinds of hashing speeds we'll be dealing with when ASIC fabs are on par with Intel, AMD, and others. So, uh, great, great um, insight. I mean, really, that's exactly he nailed it. And so we thought we'd in the in the uh, in the show notes because, gosh, Drew. I mean, we get so many questions about mining. People really want to mine. They love that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, it's a really cool thing that you can do. But man, whew. so we got. I- yeah, I ahead. say we got well. No, you had a couple of picks
0: in here, and, and the, probably the first one we should mention is the Genesis block that uh, he talked about, which has got a really cool mining calculator.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember. Maybe we, we talked about I think a different dashboard that they yeah. had before, but this is
0: the, one of their more recent tools. We haven't really mentioned it yet.
1: Yeah, it's re- really, really awesome. This is where they talk about. This is, how I know that the uh, actually that uh, K and miner is not Swiss; they're Swedish. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, towards the bottom, you have the country of origin, and they S- got basically a complete dashboard for the expectation of ASIC hardware. Yeah. So you got Avalon, yeah. Bitfury, Butterfly Labs, K miner. They basically you projections of when it's going to be shipping. If it's shipping, they got dates, what the hash rates are, what the cost per BTC, you know, for MPTC is all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And then there's also a really simple one over at bitcoindifficulty.com, which just gives you the current difficulty, the next in the estimate and a nice bar graph.
1: Wow. And, we, and we finally made it to 50 million. Wow, isn't that great?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Next estimate is 56, although who knows, man? Who knows?
1: Ooh, Look at yeah. it go. That, that's an early estimate. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We went up uh, 13,000, I think, this last time. So,
0: And then this last one, a crazy URL. So you're just going to have to click the show notes, but I like this one. Uh, it's bi- the Bitcoin difficulty prof- profitability decline calculator.
1: You select <laughs> We a- got a calculator specifically for your decline. Yep,
0: yep. <laughs> So you got uh, you select a 12-month average difficulty increase per interval, so you say like 20 to 30, and then it just sits here and, de- and gives you a, de- a declining uh, rate, and uh, I, I don't know. This is sort of the more pessimistic one, but it's the most sobering, too. Ironically, he then asked you to maybe toss him some coins so we can buy some beer.
1: <laughs> and, and if you apparently increase the slider to beyond 50%, your profitability uh, is a zero.
0: Well, maybe, yeah.
1: Difficulty thing. Oh, okay, okay yeah. I don't know. Okay, this this generates a value that you enter into certain other mining calculators. Yeah. That checks your. your My God, you know,
0: man! If it goes up, if the difficulty increases fifty percent per interval, that's really gonna suck. That would that would be um.
1: Woo-wee. That'd be <laughs>
0: time to just invest.
1: Buy yeah, or, buy, or buy some buy some of these mining shares. That's what I, that's what I've been looking into. Because I complained about Bitfunder before. Like I, I tried to do that. The whole ASIC miner buy shares through Bitfunder.
0: Yeah,
1: it was a nightmare. But they have there's another exchange that's supposedly easier to get into. So, I mean, if you if you really want to do mining, I, I understand the the desire to to have your own hardware and actually do it yourself It's right. to, you know, uh, support the network yourself, which is what I'm doing. And I'm I I keep I keep thinking about getting hardware, but. I can't. Early
0: on, I was so I was, I was so captured by the idea of my computer generating currency.
1: Oh, I know. I I generated like fifty bitcoins back in 2011. It was beautiful.
0: Wow, I like it. I like the idea of my computer just doing anything. Really, like SETI at home was used to be appealing to me. Folding at home, bitcoin generation, all that stuff's always been really appealing to me. And then the idea that, I mean, early on, back in 2011, I mined Bitcoins, then bought video cards with the Bitcoins that I, you know, that's how, I mean, I was making, I don't know, I didn't really keep track of it. I didn't think about the amount I was making back then because it was just not, it was just Bitcoins, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, are a buck or two. They'll never go past 10. Yeah, no big deal. Oh, God, Drew. I know. Let's not think about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it makes, it makes Chris sad. All right. Well, so uh, we're going to wrap up now. Um, we should probably mention it now just so that way people have a heads up. We're going to take some time off in the... Uh, beginning of September. Is that like the first week, Drew? Is that when you're going?
1: Uh, I haven't gotten the official date. Uh, they okay. said the first week of September, so I'll be gone for a couple All right. weeks.
0: So plan for that for a couple week outage early September. Uh, plan B will be on hiatus for a bit. Drew's going to be on the road and he'll be kind of in a spot where he can't really remote. And we've did, we did that before when uh, Drew took a road trip. He, he just <sighs> had him Skype in. But this time, it's not really going to work out. He's actually going to be in a secret mountain lair.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you
0: know, they don't, have, uh, they don't have very good connectivity in the mountain lair
1: because yeah, he's deep no inside either. the rock. <laughs> I'm always on Ethernet. I don't believe in wireless. You crazy.
0: That's right. If you don't got Ethernet, you don't bother. That's right. Don't forget you can email us plan B at jupiterbroadcasting.com or use the contact link. We'd also love it if you'd call us. Just give us a ring at one what was it? One three fifty two? Yeah. One three fifty-two fifty-eight plan B. One three fifty-two fifty-eight plan B or hit plan show dot dot com. All right, Drew, have a great week, man. Oh yeah, you too. And you too, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in this week's episode of Plan B. We'll see you right back here next week.